Oh my fucking God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is the best thing that's happened. Like, this is gonna cure my cancer. Oh, fuck, man. I'm so happy. Hi, everybody. What is up? This is Gab DeCunto, and I am the host of this awesome podcast called That Causes Cancer. It has been a minute. A lot has happened, and I have so much more to tell you, which is crazy. You just heard a little snippet of how excited I was post my last episode with some dino nuggets, which if you never have, jump on the bandwagon because they are absolutely delicious. And sorry, guys, I'm a little sick, so that's why my voice keeps on cracking out. Um, and I'm trying so hard to talk through this as much as I can. But I had to pause for a second and take, like, a coughing attack <laughs> for a little bit. So I apologize for that. And I keep on trying to start again, and I keep on getting a dry throat. So here I am sipping my water, and I hope I don't sound terrible to you guys. So a little bit off of that... Let's circle back to how this has been a minute. I think my last episode was in November, which were my final two months of chemo, and they were very, very hard for me. It was struggle bus city. Um, so I had to take a little break from doing these episodes, and I'm so grateful that basically everyone has been reaching out to me being like, When's the next episode coming out, Gab? We need to hear more, and I am so grateful for that. You have no idea. And I know I tell you guys this a million times on my previous episodes that I'm just so grateful for, like, the feedback and everything that you guys want to hear from me. I'm really excited to keep on going with this and start back up. So I really want to share some exciting news. If you are a close friend of mine or follow me on Instagram, you know that I am in remission. Yes, I finished chemo on December 28th, 2021, and about a month later, I got my final PET scan, which I'll get into in a little bit, that showed that everything basically shrunk down to a really, really small size, and I am in NED, which is no evidence of disease, also known as remission. So uh, I can't even begin to explain how excited I am about this, how happy I am, how just my soul feels so amazing, and I'll get emotional talking about it, but it's just really so amazing. I can say that I'm in remission, and to everyone who has experienced remission before, like, we fucking did it. We did it. It's amazing, and my friend Jackie, Sudi, is, she was in my sorority, and she's my suit, and if you watch Game of Thrones, you know Arya Stark. And in my Instagram post, I photoshopped my face onto her body because I was super excited about just beating cancer. And she's the one that kills the friggin' Night King. So it's like, I want to be her. And she sent me a gift, like, basically congratulating me on beating cancer. And she wrote this note. She put, 
what do we say to cancer? Not today. And she said, congratulations, Gabby R. Stark. George R.R. Martin could have never dreamed of a better warrior quite like you. So I love you, Sue. Thank you for that note. It has resonated with me so much. And I like want to be Arya. So who's the biggest compliment in the world? But my point of telling you that story is that if you strive for positivity, if you really put your head into something that you want to achieve, you will get there no matter what struggles you go through. So please, to everyone out there that is struggling, just keep going. And if you need help, ask for it. I have had those days where I didn't want to listen to anyone. I've cried till all the water has left my body. Anyone who's going through this disease can say the same. And there's just so in, so much inspiration in the world that you can do it. You can fucking do it. So keep going and keep pushing through. Moving forward from that, I, so like I said, I had my last two chemo treatments on December 28th. And after those last two, I had to wait about a month until I got my final PET scan. So I think I've explained what a PET scan was before. But for those of you who do not know, a PET scan is basically like an MRI, but they inject this radioactive dye into your bloodstream and it basically turns you into, they say, quote unquote, a Christmas tree, lights you up like a Christmas tree if you do have a lot of cancer inside you. So basically what it does is it, it, this radioactive dye, the, the cancer eats it for lack of better uh, expression and the cancer cells light up when it eats this dye. So you go into the machine and basically the scans show you how much or what stage of cancer you have based on how much you are lighting up. In my case, I was stage four and I had a very advanced cancer. So when I first got my first PET scan, which will come in the episodes, you'll learn about that. But my, my uh, radiologist tech basically was like, damn girl, you lit up like a Christmas tree. And I was like, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> Basically, it meant that I had a lot of cancer inside me. And I laugh about it, but, you know, people who know what a PET scan is, they get this. And I know they're laughing as I'm laughing, too. But so that's basically what the PET scan is. It shows you your improvement. It shows you if there is no improvement, if you're stable, yada, yada, yada. Just for reference, in my year of chemo, I received about five PET scans, which is a lot because you're getting this radioactive dye in you. You're basically, like, essentially... A microwave after you get it because you have all this this dye in you that's I don't know it's toxic you know they tell you to stay away from babies or pregnant women because like it could be dangerous to them it was a lot and you're really not supposed to get them that often but because of some of my scans and my treatments I had to do that so anyway fast forward to the end of January the first week in February I went for my last PET scan it's pretty crazy because you're scared, right? Because you don't know what's going to show. You don't know if it's progress. You don't know if there's more cancer. You don't know if it's spread. So there's a lot of uncertainty about what's going to come up next. What's the next step in my journey? Is it going to be bad? Is it going to be good? Am I going to be okay? I, I, there's a lot of emotions and thoughts in your mind that go around during this moment. You know, it's a lot. So in the cancer world, they call it scanxiety. Scan and anxiety. <laughs> and it's a real thing. And they should put it in the dictionary if it's not. I know out there somewhere there's a book, The Cancer Dictionary, which if there's not, I am 1000% patenting that right now because that would sell like crazy. And I can 
pay all my medical bills with that type of money that I can make off that book. But so it's called anxiety. And it, I mean, it's self-explanatory. You get anxiety from the scans that you're going to get that basically tell you if you have this cancer or not. It's 1000% a thing. And for the people who don't have cancer, who are like, wow, that makes a lot of sense, like shaking your head in agreement with me. Yes, I feel like people get this just from like getting a scan on, I don't know, like their foot or like if they're going to have arthritis or a broken finger, like is it broken? Is it fractured? Do I need a cast? (laughs) So a lot of people can relate on this issue and this this thing, this thing called anxiety. So the week leading up to my PET scan, I was shook. I was scared, anxious, curious. Uh, nervous in general, but like for some reason I had this calming energy that I was just like, it's going to be fine. You know, like you're, you beat this guy like a hundred percent. And I don't know what brought me there, but I'm hoping that like my faith and just like, I can't keep on saying positivity because it's such a toxic word. And we'll get into that eventually in a couple episodes deep, but there's a thing called also toxic positivity. And I can't wait to talk about it with you guys because it's such a crucial thing for other people to understand that if there is someone that they know that's going through cancer, this is something that you just want to stay away from. So I actually want to have some of my friends who are going through a similar experience that I'm going through on my podcast to explain like, yeah, this is the thing that we deal with on the reg. Um, But moving away from that a little bit, going back to what I was talking about, I, I didn't know what was going to happen with the PET scan, but I was trying so hard to keep my mind and my blinders on, hoping that it would just be okay. I prayed every night, and (laughs) for lack of better phrases, I beat cancer. I beat it. (laughs) I got the results. So let me tell you that story. Me and my mom were at my doctor's office and you know I'm sitting there I'm like twitching I'm like shaking my leg that's like my thing I shake my leg bite my lip tons of these signs that you're just really scared so my doctor comes in and she just looks at me and I'm like I don't even know what to do I'm just like a blank face and my mom's like on the edge of her seat like tell me tell me tell me tell me tell me and I'm over here like I don't know what's happening and she comes in she just smiles she's like I got some good news and like you would think I would smile like my eyes would light up but they didn't The guy was just like, okay, say it or tell me. I don't know what's going on. And she was like, the scan was so amazing. Like, you're in remission, girl. And I broke down. (laughs) I didn't break down like cried. I just was like, wait, what? What do you mean? Like, my body broke down. And that's what I mean by breaking down. Like, my shoulders went in and, like, my back arched. Like, I'm the hunchback of Notre Dame. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I lost my breath, right? My mom looks at me. She's starting to tear. And I'm just, like, so blank I wasn't crying I wasn't I don't know like I, I don't know if I was in shock or it didn't hit me yet but I was like okay she's like okay like we're gonna get the red carpet set up because again I'm in pediatrics so like they do a red carpet when they ring the bell like it's not like adults so they're just like yeah ring the bell on the wall like it's this whole big thing which is adorable and I love it so much she's like you want it right and I'm like looking at her like do I say yes and the medical student that she was training looked at me and he goes uh yes fuck yes do it and I'm like okay yeah do it she's like okay wait here we'll get it all set up So during this time, obviously, my mom hugs me, and she's so excited, and I'm, like, still so bland. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just, like, what? Like, this is happening right now. So fast forward a little bit. I walk out of the door. We get my dad on FaceTime. My mother-in-law's there. I get my husband on the phone. And, you know, I walk down the red carpet, and I'm going to share a picture. I actually will already have shared a picture to 
promote this episode, but it's basically me just so excited about walking down the carpet. I'm smiling, I'm living, everyone's clapping for me, all my doctors and nurses, and it really just is an amazing thing that it's just so hard to put into words. And for all the cancer patients out there that have experienced remission, you fucking did it. We did it. And pat yourself on the back because it's a very hard thing to do and you should be 1,000 million percent proud of yourself. Okay, with that being said, let's move on to lesson two of the day, which is what is NED? NED is or stands for no evidence of disease, aka remission, which is what I'm in, which is great. And I love it. And I hate to say that I'm not quote unquote cancer free because I am cancer free and I'm celebrating that I am cancer free. But basically, my tumors that I have are at a size where they're not considered dangerous and they're not considered a harm to me. So I get monitored over five years where my doctors basically just watch over my scans that I'm going to be getting every six to eight months that will show if any of my tumors have grown or anything like that. So I am going to be getting checkups with my oncology team once a month. And after I think about six months to a year, they'll make it every three months, every six months. And then it'll keep on going for the next five years. And after five years, I can finally pronounce myself as cancer free, which is going to be amazing. And I can't wait for that day. But for right now, we celebrate the progress and we celebrate that I do not have to go into chemo anymore, and we celebrate that I can be a person and get my life back together. So even though the next five years are still going to be a struggle for me, or, you know, it might take me a while to get back into a normal routine, or just focusing on myself, bettering myself, really, I'm still happy to say that I'm in remission and I can move forward from this in a positive light. So moving forward from Ned, I kind of want to like transition into what it's like not working and having to rely on another, well, basically the government for money. (laughs) Sometimes this is what people have to do. So disability pay, right? It's like unemployment, essentially. But the difference between that and unemployment is disability, you're actually unable to work because of a disability. Whereas unemployment is you don't have a job right now based on whatever circumstances it might have been. And you are looking for work, but right now you don't have any work. So someone who's sick is someone who applies for a disability. I applied back in March of 2021, right after I got out of the hospital. It was actually April. So it'll be a full year that I have not gotten paid. (laughs) I was trying to like make it dramatic there, thinking like, oh yeah, I've been getting paid every month. Nope, I haven't been. It's been a year. And the reason why I'm telling you guys this is because It is a struggle when you are sick and you don't have any income. (laughs) Thank God that I had a decent job and I did well for myself the year before I was diagnosed where I was able to rack up a savings account and I was able to live off of that for a little bit. But that goes away very easily when you're not replenishing your bank account. What bothers me the most about this is that not even that I'm struggling alone, it's what if someone who's going through something that I'm going through is less fortunate than I in the sense of a husband or a wife or a family member, a partner, friend group, whatever it may be, someone, a caretaker, someone in your life that is there for you no matter what and can help you out in financial situations. What if they don't have that? What do they do if they weren't getting paid for a year? What if they had children and they had to take care of them? 
Isn't it sick when you sit and think for a second about how there's actually probably people in this world that are going through that? Because there's incompetent people that just don't know how to keep up with their jobs. And listen, I know it's COVID and I know that there's things going on and, you know, people aren't going to get paid right away when it's through this crazy process of an application and getting accepted and this, this and that and adding your direct deposit and whatever it has to be. I get that it's going to take some time, but I just feel like there's no excuse. Honestly, it's really disgusting to me that someone can't push forward for someone who's ill. And there's other people who go in for a surgery or call out of work because they have COVID for like a week and they can get disability before someone with stage four cancer. Think about that for a second. I'm not downplaying COVID. So do not get me wrong on that, please, because I understand that people were sick and died from this disease, or I'm sorry, this virus, but it's it's mind-blowing to me. And I don't know, I, I can probably guess that you're all thinking, oh, did you call? Did you call the main number? Did you fax? Did you send an email? Did they leave you any voicemails? Well, yes, I did all of that. Every single one of those things. And I was annoying, you know, like that naggy person that keeps calling. Yeah, I was that person. I kept on calling and calling and calling. No answer. I would wait 45 minutes. They would hang up automatically. I called the main number. They told me that there was nothing that they can do. It's like I'm sitting here with no income, trying my best, and I just don't know what to do. I'm, you know, I have to pay rent. I have to get groceries. I need to pay my medical bills. (laughs) And, like, that's, like, the last thing on my mind is paying my friggin' medical bills. It's just, like, you try all these things, and they still, there's nothing that anyone's doing. So, maybe you're also thinking, hey, Gab, uh, you're going to go back to work? <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought about that, too, Cuzzy. <laughs> um, yeah, of course I'm going to go back to work. But right now, I don't think people understand, and this is the next and final topic that I want to get into in this episode, is... Sometimes the mental status of a cancer patient after they finish chemo and after they beat cancer is actually far worse than them actually going through the cancer and through the chemo. At least that's how I feel. And I think a lot of cancer patients out there can agree with what I'm saying. There's something about getting back into a rhythm. Let's think of like someone who hasn't gone to the gym in a month, right? And you want to get back because you feel fat and you want to go and you want to be healthy and it it's hard to get to that point, right? To get back into that rhythm and that gym grind. And you kind of like resent yourself a little bit for not getting to that point you want to be at. But, you know, it's a hard adjustment. Now think about being out of work, not working out, not eating right, losing weight, gaining weight, being on medicine that's actually killing your body. And then finally beating it, recovering from whatever surgeries you may have or whatever else that you were going through during that, that journey of yours and having to start your life all over again. Learn how to have a routine, waking up, coming off medication, going to doctors once a month, but like also like fitting it into your schedule where you're like, oh God, my head is spinning. I don't know what to do. You know, you see neurologists and cardiologists and your oncologist and this person and that person, the foot doctor and the chiropractor and the the acupuncturist. And there's just all these people. And then you're like, oh, Maybe I should focus on applying for a job. Oh, and wait, I should probably update my resume first because I should probably put on there that there's a gap or why there's a gap of me not working. And that's because I was sick with cancer. So it's like, how do you explain all these things? How do you wrap your own head around this? 
And I'm not making excuses. You know, getting back into routine, I'm excited for. I want to be back to real life. I want to be able to work out and have a meal plan and go for a walk and get a dog and work again. I, I miss work. <laughs> I miss having a schedule. I really do. And you just get so stir crazy when you're like stuck in the house and you can't really do things. And I tried so much. I had so much pride in trying to do so many things when I was going through my chemo and it bit me in the ass, but it also, I'm grateful for what I you know, pushed myself to do. Um, and now it's like, shit, what do I do now? Like, what's the first thing do I do? Like, do I work out? Do I get on the Peloton? Do I sit back and relax for the day. Like, I, I, I don't know. And it's funny because, you know, right when I was starting to get back into my grind, it was like, oh, it's time to get your port out. Like, okay, that's a week recovery. And then, you know, I tried again and it was like, okay, like, you know, we have this person's bridal shower. And I'm like, oh, okay. And that it sounds so stupid. It's like, it's on a Saturday, like get over it, Gab. And it's just, it just throws your mindset off. I can talk about this for days and hours. And I know you guys are probably bored listening to this, but I just want people to know that the, the mental status of some of these patients afterwards. So nurses, doctors, friends, family, just understand that we are trying to get our lives together as much as we can. And sometimes it's just very straining on our brains and very straining on just our bodies and we're tired and we don't want to make an excuse because we're so excited that we beat the cancer, but it still feels like we got the cancer in the most non-fucked up way. So I'm going to end on a recap of my first three episodes. Obviously, you've listened to my first three episodes if you were on episode four. And if you listen this long into this one, you know that what's going on. But let me just give a recap quickly. I got I got sick. I got diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. I was in my second hospital in my third episode, and I was going into the weekend and about to get transferred potentially to a new hospital where I was meeting my oncologist. So that's how episode three ended. And basically, I'm going to pick up in my next episode where we left off on the third episode. So right after this, you're going to get my fifth episode, and that's going to start the story from episode three. Here comes the bride. But let's finish off with this recording. This is the day after I got my final results of me 120% having Hodgkin's lymphoma at stage four. And let me give you a little sense of what it felt like the day after I was told. So it's 4.30 on Saturday. Um, I thought I was going to have a nice relaxing night. And then Sunday, tomorrow would have been also relaxing but my oncologist Dr. Shapula came in here and um kind of gave me the lowdown about what my next steps are and uh it was kind of overwhelming um I 120% have Hodgkin's lymphoma um at stage four which is completely treatable, which is great and amazing. Um, but there's just so much going on inside me that I do have to get treated with chemo. And and one of the main things that's really hard, that I'm taking hard is, um, you know, as a woman, your fertility. So um, there's a process for that. Um, and it's just, it's just scary. I'm in good spirits and I know I'm going to be okay. It's just, 
when you get a lot of information and then like you have to like call like four different people to tell them about it and they can't be here with you it's just it's hard um you know you got to keep your mind off of it you want to make sure that you're happy all the time because the negative energy brings you down but you know i'm trying to be the best that i can um you know it's just all these all these tests are going to be expedited and uh you know a lot's going to be going on on the two days that i thought you know i had some time to you know do my own thing and and talk to my people and you know do everything that i needed to do so right now i'm just soaking in all that information and um trying to bring the positivity out in it i'm gonna be okay this is gonna open my eyes to just so much and um you know i'm ready to conquer this and be a warrior yeah so that was tough for me too to listen back i listened to that the other day and i was like holy shit i was actually sad because i didn't think i was i don't know what i thought i was but it was hard for me to listen to, and I hope it was hard for you to listen to in a way, because I think that allows people to understand more about, like, damn, this shit is hard. That's a lot harder than people think. So I hope this episode was good for you. I know we really didn't get into much of a story, but you learn that I'm in remission. You learn that I'm okay and that I'm pushing to make this podcast weekly, once a week, twice a week. I don't know, but it's going to be a weekly thing, and I'm really excited to give it to you guys. So remember, this is That Causes Cancer. Follow us at That Causes Cancer on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all the good things. And always remember to choose happy, my people. It is the number one thing that I live by, and I will always live by now. I love you guys. See you in a few.